the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to this week's exciting edition of the Worldview Media Podcast. We are happy to be part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Which is your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. Uh, well, you got it in. <laughs> there you go. And we need to issue a new warning to our handful of listeners that uh, you really should consider getting a doctor to make sure your heart is able to stand the sort of excitement that we routinely bring <laughs> uh, into your life through this podcast. It's a... I can barely take it. It's a worldview audio roller coaster, I basically. I say a whirlwind. A whirlwind. A whirlwind. My name is Gordon Runyon. I am the... Imposter, the pastor, <laughs> the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tucumcari, New Mexico, and with me is the uh-huh. woman who can throw heroes against the wall with a wave of her hand. Wow! Why, thanks. <laughs> My wife Joyce. Hello, and let me say a special hello. To my special listener, Jordan. Hello, Jordan. (laughs) (sighs) All right. I assume you're talking about our daughter, Jordan. I just said Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. (laughs) She's the one person I know that is always listening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. So, but if you are also always listening... Let us know your name and we'll say hi to you too. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath waiting on that. <laughs> All right, well, we're sitting by the fire on what has turned out to be a cold winter day at the end of March mm-hmm. on the high plains of eastern New Mexico, and we are here to discuss. The Netflix original series, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yes. What is Iron Fist? What? What what is this? Iron Fist. Is it like a, I don't know, a ship? You watched it. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) just as background, Iron Fist is a Marvel superhero who really doesn't have much in the way of superpowers, but in the... Marvel Universe, he is pretty much the top dog when it comes to martial arts ability. Mm -hmm. He's a big kung fu master. They only hint at it in the series, but the culmination of his training involved him having to uh, defeat a dragon with his bare hands. And that's how he 
Got the iron fist. Became the top dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and that's what the dragon tattoo on his chest is about. But it's not a tattoo, is what he said. It's a mark. Looks like a tattoo. Looks like a tattoo. All right, so in this series, we meet 25-year-old Danny Rand, who, like most superheroes, is the son of a billion-dollar billionaire industrialist. Who is dead. Who is dead, probably under suspicious circumstances. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if if your parents weren't killed when you were small and they did not leave you with, like, stock in their multinational, multi-gazillion dollar corporation, the chances are even smaller that you will at some point become a superhero. That's almost like a prerequisite. It seems like. Most of the ones we hear about, that's the case. Yeah. Now you have your oddballs and stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know more of those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Batman had that. Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. And then uh, and then in the TV version of the Green Arrow, anyway. Oh, yeah. He's that same thing. And, and don't forget Tony. Tony Stark, Iron yeah. Man. And, yeah. and here you got Danny Rand. Danny Rand. That's quite a name. Yeah, it's fun to say. <laughs> Danny Rand. I'm thinking of changing my name to Danny Rand, well, <laughs> just because it's... You know, we could get that out of the Gordon. We could just say, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Gordanny. <laughs> hey, it's all there. <laughs> Gord- <laughs> Gordanny Runyan. Uh, well, anyway... Uh, all right, so <laughs> what are we talking about? So, Danny Rand, 25 years old. He shows up after everybody thinking that he had died in a plane crash in the Himalayan mountains. As a, as a kid. As know. a 10-year-old. Yeah. So he's been gone 15 years. Shows up in New York City. Looking like a homeless dude. Yeah. And wanting to be involved in his company. Well, and wanting to reconnect with the Meacham family, which was kind of a... The partners. Almost, of, yeah. yeah, partners with his dad, but almost like an extended family. Well, what he considered. Yeah, yeah. In his memories. He thought of the the two kids of the Meachams as if they were like a brother and sister to him. Even well, if they were jerks yeah, and stuff. The one yeah. guy, the one brother, he was bad. And so then he comes back and nobody wants to believe him and hilarity ensues and well, they don't want to believe him because then they lose everything. Right, they'd have to give him for money and, right. for fifteen years. I mean, they're not kids anymore, so. Right, and so there's all that high finance intrigue as they <laughs> <laughs> try to buy him out. <laughs> right, and they go through all these machinations to try to get rid of him. Anyway, he gets back in, but there's still trouble. There's this secret society of ninjas called the hand which if you are familiar with the daredevil series on netflix we already know all about the hand and well we know who they are anyway we've been introduced to them before so turns out that danny rand is not just a martial arts expert but he's the guy he's the iron fist 
and the Iron Fist is Tasked. created with yeah. the mission of destroying the Hand, and yeah. and thereby protecting his Kunlun, his Kunlun, his home city in the sky, <laughs> which you can only access every fifteen years. He just happened to be there at the right time. I know when the door was open. Crazy. Flew a plane through the door or something. Well, he's the only one that survived to go through the door. <laughs> right. But even with that, there was a legend about a child from fire. Oh, yeah. He's like the chosen one. He's yeah. fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Prophecy. Now, <laughs> the thing about Iron Fist, as I was reading about it before we actually watched it, there's a lot of people online, Facebook and stuff, who can't stand Iron Fist. Oh, really? They hate it. It is, because... it, it is widely panned hmm. for many different reasons. Does it not hold true to the the, the fiction that is superheroes? <laughs> I, think it, I think it varies from what now, you know, it's been since I was a teenager, since I read comic books, but I used to like the Iron Fist character and, and I don't think that the guy they portray in the Netflix series is the same or well, we'll get into a little bit of that. <laughs> okay. But I wanted to ask you what your what your thoughts are and especially compared to other superhero series like specifically Daredevil. What do you think? Well, I think I probably prefer Daredevil just because I think Danny and maybe the next season would be different, but he just seemed really confused about a lot <laughs> yeah, of stuff. And right. so it was just kind of like, you know, yeah. it was, he was a little too naive for me, yeah. you know, to just trust people for whatever they say or, you know, but maybe that's me. <laughs> maybe that's just a reflection of myself. <laughs> but, uh, he just, he was a little too gullible, a little bit too naive you know, all the wishy-washiness about, do I, should I be here? Should I care? Who killed my parents? Did somebody kill my parents? Do I have to do anything about this? Yeah. You know, his his whole thing is that he's supposed to, you know, go after the hand, period. Yeah. And yet he still seems to have a lot of um, conflict with, well, is it right to, how far can I go after these people? Can I just go after them until they get put in prison? Is it my job to actually eliminate them? Is it, you know, so he was a little bit crazy. And then to have Harold Meacham, the dad, you know, his story is a little bit freaky too with can't yeah. die and yeah. just kind of a, a bit off mentally, uh, a bit of a bully. You know, he's just, he is a bad guy. He really is a bad guy. And then the two kids, uh, Ward and Joy. I just I didn't really love any of the characters, yeah. even the yeah. the girl, the girl. What's her name? Uh, his dragon. little helper buddy. Yeah, Colleen. Colleen, Colleen Wing. I think yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, I didn't. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> well. 
there were a few specific things that I didn't like about it. I've seen some people complain about the way the stunts are done and they're talking like, you know, the fighting choreography is terrible and all that. And I really didn't. I mean, it's different than the fight choreography in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I'm convinced they did that on purpose. And I'm convinced... Well, it's a different type of fight. Yeah, I, I think what they were trying to do is show that Danny Rand, <laughs> when he was pressed into a fight, he was generally trying to use as little aggressive force as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of kind of a famous audio of Bruce Lee talking about how his mentality in a fight is to become like water. Yeah. Where water fills the vessel it's in and it doesn't fight. It just moves downhill and it flows. And mm-hmm. and that's what the fighting style of Iron Fist reminds me of. You know, he's just kind of, he's getting out of the way. He's using yeah. people's momentum against them. And, yeah. And okay, that's fine. I, I, <laughs> it's choreographed fighting. You yeah. Know? And for, well, here's the thing. I think watching MMA has kind of ruined martial arts movies for me. Mm. Because MMA has, the advance of mixed martial arts has kind of taken the mystique out of, out of martial arts. Uh, and now we know, for instance, uh, like judo as a judo, for instance, is not going to help you in a fight most of the time, and and it's not going to help you in MMA. And generally speaking, there have been a couple of exceptions, like Ronda Rousey and uh, another guy uh, that. Wow. <laughs> well, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Judo just doesn't work in, in MMA most of the time. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that the more you watch MMA, the, the less mystique martial arts has. And and so when you then try to watch a martial arts movie that elevates martial arts to almost mystic level, uh, it just can't help but look a little bit fake. Mm-hmm. Because that's just not how... Uh, round kick to the head works you know and and uh so it just seems a little bit fake like that but the criticism that it's horrible fighting i don't really get that well it's a different type yeah and i think they did it on purpose like i said uh now there are storytelling issues that i thought were really bad uh danny rand's character yeah i don't get because his whole thing is that he spent 15 years in this environment where everything was very restricted and very austere and he's under constant supervision and he's being raised in this highly structured, highly disciplined mm-hmm. uh, environment where he's being trained not only to control his body and, and learn martial arts, but apparently meditation and He's supposed to be this living weapon and, you know, body and spirit and yeah. mind all connected. And there's like no more undisciplined a guy that you'd ever want to run into. Danny Rand can't control his thoughts as soon as he starts. 
If he thinks something, he right. says if, it. Right. <laughs> if, if Iron Fist is coming at you to kick your butt, all you got to ask him is, hey, you remember that day your plane crashed? Because now he, he's going to fly off into this daydream about yeah. his plane crash and he'll be useless yeah. while he's thinking about it. And so he's got zero discipline. He he acts completely based on emotional responses throughout the series. And it's just, there's nobody that's disciplined enough to become the world master at martial arts that acts like that. Or I think it's inconsistent yeah. to act like that. You know? <clears throat> and some of the other writing things that got me was... The first time Howard Meacham leaves his tower, as soon as he gets back, he's got to deal with the hand who's keeping him up there. Yeah. They knew the moment he left, apparently. But then after that time, he's got all sorts of people coming up to visit him there. He's got personal <laughs> trainers, and he's got the, the personal assistant coming in and out, and... This is supposed to be this highly secretive thing that he's up there. He's not even telling everybody in his own family that he's not yeah. dead. Well, I think the people that know are limited. Yeah, but then he has Danny Rand up there that the Hand knows is their enemy, and he's convincing Danny well, Rand to help him fight the Hand. Danny, doesn't he follow Ward up? I mean... Yeah, but he's if the, if the Hand knows when Meacham leaves... How do they not know when Iron Everybody Fist comes in, in, you know? Well, I think that's brought up in a later uh, episode where they're saying he was here, what was all that about? And Yeah, but how do they not know? I mean, it seems apparent to me they've got him under surveillance well, or something. Well, Meacham's got everybody under surveillance, so, you know, yeah. surely they would too. Yeah. Uh, so some of that stuff didn't make any sense to me. And then... Oh... This is this is just in terms of production and casting and stuff. Mm. One of the things that people hate about Iron Fist is that he's a white guy with blonde hair. Oh. And that I guess they think he should be uh, obviously Asian. But that's not the character. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could reboot the whole thing and do it differently. But to say it's racist to have him be consistent with the way he was written, uh, I'm not sure that works for me you know with the way he was written yeah when the comic book was originally written so now now they make a series that's consistent with that and somehow that's oh so they're saying that's wrong because he's not he should have been asian they should have changed the whole story and stuff no, like that i don't agree with that but if you're going to cast a blonde white guy to play iron fist which okay that's fine with me but cast a blonde white guy who looks like a fighter. If if he's supposed to be the living weapon that can kick every other living weapon's butt, yeah, he needs to at least look like a fighter. And and I'm not saying he doesn't look bad with his shirt off, but there's like 300 guys on the UFC roster, and the worst one of them, <laughs> the worst one of them. <laughs> looks way more intimidating. I mean, the guy at the bottom of the UFC roster yeah, looks but much more like a warrior. The, the appeal of this guy is that he just looks like a regular guy. But it's inconsistent with all the training he's supposed to be doing. 
you know, you could get a guy that fights at 135 pounds and he takes his shirt off and, and the guy's obviously buff. He's, he's actually been training and, uh, and it just didn't look to me like the guy they casted. Uh, I don't know. Is this like the case of the first Wolverine movie as opposed to later on in the Wolverine <laughs> oh, movie? <laughs> maybe he'll get more buff as he goes along. It's a possibility. Well, I hope so. I'm not saying he has to He has to look shredded like he's getting ready for a UFC fight or something. He doesn't have to cut weight and all that. But doggone, it should look like you've been inside a gym. But he hasn't been inside a gym. He's been at a monastery. But supposedly getting trained like nobody gets he's trained. He's getting hit with sticks is what he's getting. Uh, well, and then the other thing that it got widely criticized for is how slow it was at times. Yeah. And I remember two of the episodes that we saw, they were, and I forget which ones they were, I, they were in the middle of the series. And it seemed like all it was was two characters at a time talking to each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was for two whole episodes like that. Yeah. And then right at, maybe right at the end of the episode, it looked like everybody suddenly came to the realization, you know, we've got three minutes left and we haven't done any superhero anything in this we got to do something now. So I I agree with that criticism a, a little bit. The pacing was sometimes off, deathly slow. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if that some of that's just getting to know your characters, <laughs> trying to Well, yeah, you've got to you've got to do character development and stuff, but I think the other Marvel, the more successful Marvel shows have shown a real ability to do character development. Mm -hmm. In the middle of exciting things happening, you know. Well, but his story is different because he's got all these flashbacks at the monastery, and then he's got all these flashbacks as just the kid, and then he's got all this stuff going on real time with people, yeah. with all sorts of different people. It's you know, it's not even just a few people because yeah. there's yeah. there's all the Meachams. There's when he's <laughs> right. the, in the hospital with the doctor and the other people that we don't really probably won't ever see again. And then, of course, trying to establish the relationship with yeah. the, the dojo woman. Well, see, that's another mm. thing. When they had him in the mental hospital, he knew enough to know that it was the drugs that was keeping him down. But he didn't know enough to find a way to combat that. Mm -hmm. And I just think the Iron Fist I knew from the comic books, he'd have found a way. Even if it was just that he was so mentally focused, he'd be able at least one time to, you know, summon the Iron Fist and get out of there, even with the drugs. You know, he'd, he'd overcome it. Yeah. And well, he did have a lot of emotional trouble with, yeah, yeah, but with his cheese. That's what I'm saying. He's 15 and... years ago. It's like he hasn't gotten any better. Well, but know? I think one of the other characters is the doctor that was also on Daredevil is saying, you know, you just keep pushing down all these emotions and trying to say they don't exist and nobody's really dealing with anything. Yeah. Well, and then the last bit of storytelling that really irritated me was he and Colleen, the daughter of the dragon, they mm -hmm. called her, they eventually team up with... The other girl, the nurse, mm -hmm. what was her name? It was another C name, Chrissy or... Nah, I can't help you. <laughs> anyway, Carol. Mm. Maybe know. it's Carl. Oh, 
Carl. <laughs> Carl, why are you on Iron Fist? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so it's this girl who was on Daredevil who mm. patched Daredevil up a couple of times. She after patched he up got, a lot of people yeah. on Daredevil. And then she was also on mm. on uh, Luke Cage. So she knew all about Power Man as well. And the thing that irritated me, Danny Rand finally tells her, yeah, I, I've got to destroy the hand. That's what I'm all about. Me and the hand have got an appointment, you know. Yeah. And, and she says, oh, I knew a guy that fought the hand, and I had to patch him up. And I've known some folks that have fought the hand, and I've, I've known a few special individuals like you. And then it's like they both just go, so what else will we talk about today, you know? Yeah. Why didn't she? It just makes it makes more? zero sense. Yeah. They're in the same city. Why does she not say, "Oh, you've got to, you're wanting to fight the hen. Let me get you in touch with this guy that has been fifteen rounds with the hen." Yeah. And, well, it's not time for his series. <laughs> well, I know, but it's just stupid that yeah. she brings it up and then they blow over it. Then like nothing's more said. Yeah. Especially when they're in the same place. Yeah. But you know, I have problem. With that type of thing, like even with the Avengers series, because you've got Iron Man and all these people doing stuff, and it's like they're the only one in the whole wide world for their movie. <laughs> oh, right. When it's their movie, there's no other heroes yeah. around. Nobody can help them. They're in right. these dire straits, and it's only under the Avenger. Yeah, so. Right. Right. And Spider-Man's in New York, too. So it would seem like New York's covered in terms of... It's very... Marvel. Very bad there, though. <laughs> I guess. As many heroes as they have, they have a bunch of villains, too. All right. So, overall, your impression, season two comes out, or are you going to... Uh, you know, I'm I'm really bad about stuff that is episodic. <laughs> what do you mean? If I watch, like, a season... Then I'm like, okay, I got to see what happens next. <laughs> and even though it's not like my favorite, I think, well, maybe it'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really takes something for me to just say, okay, I just can't do this anymore. Even though I know it's really not good. And yeah, I'm kind of oh. bad like that. No, it doesn't take that for me. I know. <laughs> you know, I've said, no, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even on things that I used to like a lot, I'm like, uh, no, I've had enough. Yeah, it's gone bad. Okay, well, heck, we've gone almost 30 minutes ah, just talking Oh my goodness, this. just talking. All right, so commercial, and then we'll talk just a little bit about the worldview here. Take it away, commercial guy. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit 
reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. We're back. Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Yes. Home for all your dominionizing needs. Oh, oh it's supposed to be one-stop shop. <laughs> you have another chance at the end <laughs> to get it right. <laughs> That'll be three. Three in one little podcast. So. Okay, so Iron Fist. Mm. I don't yes. know. I'd probably give it... Maybe a C plus. What are you? Uh, yeah, C plus, B minus. I think some of the episodes were better. Yeah. And then some were not so good. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So, so we get into worldview issues, and, and uh, I think we can sum it up. It's not like the worldview is hard to discern here. What I was thinking from the very first episodes is what they're setting up in this series is what if all the mysticism and spirituality that is kind of caricatured about the East and martial arts, Mm -hmm. what if all of that is true in spades? And if it is true, then that's what you have in Iron Fist. Yeah. And Marvel, I was thinking about this too, Marvel is not consistent about the particular worldview that they preach from series to series. Yeah. Because you get Iron Man and Captain America, Captain America that are really pretty secular. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, especially very secular and Ant-Man in the same way. Yeah. But then you can get Dr. Dr. Strange. Strange. <laughs> yeah. That's just full on pagan witchcraft stuff. Yeah. And now you come over here to Iron Fist well, even Luke Cage before him was very secular again. And and you get over here to Iron Fist and suddenly it's Eastern mysticism gone to seed is kind of the yeah the view. They're and, equal opportunity, Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so that's what we have here. So there does seem to be some transcendent power in terms of there are there are apparently spiritual rules that govern everything in the world. And if you yeah. can tap you, into that, yeah, tap into those things, you'll be all right. Uh, let's see any other ideas transcendence wise with you. No, I don't think so. I think probably one of the, the reason he winds up in the hospital is because, you know, he sounds like he doesn't understand reality. And so, that is a mix in uh, with Danny because, you know, he talks about this heaven that he's been to and that's where he's been and, yeah. you know, and they just think he's crazy because, well, you, right. you can't be in heaven. And, and just even how these two worlds mingle and coexist even because every 15 years you can leave heaven and just come back down to earth and right. kind of hang out and do what you right. want and... But still, passage of time is another issue that seems kind of weird, because 
it seems like it's the same wherever you're at. So if you're on Earth, it's going to go the same as if you were in Kunlun or, yes. you know, so there's um, kind of odd. Yeah, they're kind of parallel dimension realities or something. Yeah. Seems like. Okay, so I think most Eastern religions are pretty pantheistic. All is God and and uh, uh, the real the real key is to just realize that and realize that you are God or the part, essence yeah. is the same. Right. And so I think that's the that's kind of the uh, mystical undergirding of what we have in Iron Fist. And then he summons his chi, which is the kind of martial arts uh, life force, uh, personal energy thing. <laughs> and, you uh, must not have that. <laughs> personal energy. <laughs> <laughs> My chi <laughs> has needed to be recharged <laughs> for be 45 years. Realign that? I don't know. What, what were the moves? <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> so, Danny Rand, in terms of point two of the covenant representation, Danny Rand is obviously that. And the way the story goes, now you've got Danny Rand who's been living in this other dimension, this city of heaven that, that he calls it. And now the anachronism or the, the well, is anachronism the right word? Probably not. He's not from a different time. But he's coming into a foreign land as a stranger. And mm -hmm. So he's coming into this very secular world, but he's bringing the Eastern mysticism Hua with him mm -hmm. and hilarity ensues as the two worlds clash there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then we also get to ethics and what are the major ethical uh, crisis or decisions that are made and how are those made and the major one for Danny, especially toward the end, is he's in a crisis trying to figure out who he is and who he's supposed to be. Does he still get to be the Danny Rand that his parents were raising him to be? Or has that destiny been interrupted with the 15 years that he spent with the monks in Kunlun and their different training? The fact that they've trained him up to be this protector of their city, does that put a imposition on him? Is he ethically bound to the mission that they gave him? Well, his buddy from the city sure does think so. <laughs> right. That was very interesting. Yeah. So he brings in this guy Davos, mm -hmm. a friend of his that was training with him as a kid. And, and both both for the position. Yeah, both wanted to be the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Davos looks like he would have been a really good Iron Fist in terms of what they wanted the Iron Fist to do. Yeah, well, Danny's, that's where he was from, too. I mean, that was his culture. Yeah, maybe Danny Rand's got more of the Western individualism in his head, even you know by the time he's 10, that he's kind of rebelling against the whole communal purpose sort of thing. 
deciding, no, I need to decide what I'm going to do. And that turns out bad right at the end. Right. Yeah. See, I got to see. What happens? <laughs> what happens? Super cliffhanger. <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> right. Uh, so I thought that was a major ethical decision and ethical crisis. There was another moral crisis that I thought was interesting throughout the series was as the Meacham children, as Ward and Joy began to find out more and more about what their dad was. In fact, by the end of it, Ward's not even convinced he's a man anymore. He's yeah. calling him a thing. and Well... I think he's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. Now, I, just in terms of writing and stuff, I felt like uh, I liked the character of Howard Meacham just in the sense that he was scary. Harold? What was his name? Howard? Her I thought it was Harold Meacham. Oh, I thought it was Harold. Howard. <laughs> Which one was H. it? H. It was H. Meacham. Harold Meacham? Oh, I thought it was Harold. Okay, so Harold Meacham is this crazy guy. And the hand has done some kind of mystical thing to him mm -hmm. so that when he's killed, when he, died he, can, cancer. he comes back. Yeah. But at some point somebody says his body came back, but his soul didn't, or his soul is still in the grave. or, or Yeah, every time. Or a little less bit. Less of him. Every time he comes back, more of his soul stays in the grave. Yeah. And, so, and he had a questionable soul to begin with. <laughs> right. It wasn't you like know? he was a great guy to start. Yeah. That reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you saw the movie, but the book by Stephen King, Pet Cemetery. No, I didn't see the movie. Well, so real quickly, the plot there is that there's this, there's this pet cemetery, a pet burial ground mm -hmm. that was actually an ancient Indian burial ground. Oh, that's always a bad mix. Yeah, I know. That's horrible. <laughs> And so when people took their pets to the pet cemetery at the right time in the right way and buried them mm. there, the pets would show back up at their house after they had been dead. Mm. Only now they don't act quite like they did before. Mm. And uh, and then somebody gets the idea. What if I put somebody there? <laughs> right. What if I put a person there that I love that has died? Mm. And so... That's the thing. You can put them in the pet cemetery and they'll come back, but their soul doesn't come back. Yeah, or not quite right. Or it's a totally different soul inhabiting their body. And the more you do it, if you do it once, it's horrible. You do it again and you're making, you know, psychopath and, and all that. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Meacham guys thing reminded me of. But anyway, I thought the moral dilemma in terms of Joy especially, because she spent the last 15 years thinking that her dad died of cancer. Mm -hmm. And and having been deceived like that, then she finally finds out that he's alive. He doesn't tell her, or does he tell her right at the first about coming back from the dead? Or I don't think he does. Well, anyway, the way they have to... The thing that I liked about him was how uh, psycho unpredictable he was mm -hmm. there was just no telling in any scene that he was in Hell is he gonna, gonna freak out <laughs> yeah. will he yeah. be nice and hug you and tell you that he loves you or will he beat you to death with an ice cream scooper it's yeah. just it could go either way it could and it, it did <laughs> right and there was something fun about that in terms of 
uh, you could, and the acting on the part of Ward Meacham I thought was good because you could kind of see it in his face as he knew he had to go deal with yeah. his dad. He knew this could go bad and I, I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. And, and he had to go do some bad stuff for him <laughs> right. too. So. so their whole thing about how to deal with them and what they're going to do, I thought that was an interesting dilemma. And you could see them struggling because they really did want to have a dad. And mm-hmm. Well, I think for Ward, he was just so afraid that he couldn't do anything for a long time. And then yeah. he just said, right. I can't. I can't continue like this. Right. So he was ready to... Well, he's the one that pulled the trigger right at the end. So that's how that got resolved. Oh, they... They were supposed to cut the guy's head off, right? I know. And then they just sent him through the incinerator. I know. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. That's why you have to keep watching. (laughs) There's these little things. (laughs) Gotta know. Right. And so I felt like the ethical dilemmas were dealt with in the way you would expect for the worlds that were created. You had the Eastern world colliding with a Western secular world. And that's really how you see people making decisions and coming to a conclusion. There's no source of authority higher than themselves. And, mm-hmm. and even when even when Davos comes and challenges Iron Fist and tries to tell him, no, there is a higher law and you're disobeying that, uh, there is a transcendent duty that you have to come on. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not if I don't want to. I can do what I want. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get to define who I am and what I do. I kind of kept waiting for that little dragon to leave his chest. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. Because that, that was like the mark. And so, right. you know, if you're not doing what's right, will that, will that go? Yeah. Yep. And then we get to part or fourth section of the covenant, which is sanctions. Does everybody get what they deserve? Uh, kind of a lot of that remains to be seen. The The most significant part of that is the last scene of the series, right, where Danny Rand is finally confronted with maybe the maybe ultimate, uh, yeah. the reward of his actions and his mm-hmm. decisions, and pretty obviously hates what he sees and is, you know, instantly filled with a lot of regret. And, mm-hmm. and now, is Davos after him? Is Davos the well, I don't know. Did threat? he get back through before? Yeah, I don't know. See, we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you have to keep watching. <laughs> it's like a drug. Uh, They're stringing you along. It's a synthetic heroin. So, what? There were some people, well, I guess maybe they did get what they deserved. There was that one guy in the the office that was ousting the two siblings and of course he was killed oh, by yeah. what's his name, but he was he was probably bad. I don't know if he deserved to die, but and Harold, he deserved to die a few times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which maybe he did. <laughs> he, he may yet get that opportunity. Uh, right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and then you had the threats remaining from Madame Gao, and she still hasn't got what's coming to her. And, 
Mm -hmm. It looked like maybe, but then no. And even the, the new hand leader that looked like he was supposed to die, yeah. where did he go? No, yeah, he may be in that same category. Yeah, so maybe Ward will be better. <laughs> I think Ward has potential to be a good guy and to be a good character. Just how will he act? Is he really out from underneath his dad? Because mm. they're at the one of the final scenes. He's purposely pulling out his portrait to stare at it and stuff. He's obsessed at some point. So I don't know. Have to see. Okay. Uh, and then succession. How's this going to go in the future? And I think we've been talking about that, the the issue with the hand, the organization, that hasn't been cleared up. And, and we do know enough from uh, reading about Marvel's plans that they do plan on uniting Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and, and Iron Fist. At some well, it point. seems like with the hand that, you know, they got rid of Gao and then suddenly, well, here's this other guy. So you get rid of this other guy that there's just always somebody... Right willing to step in and, you know, take up. Right, it's like Hydra cut off one head. Is it Hydra? Is the hand like the Asian... Hydra? <laughs> ...side of Hydra? Could be. Because you had the Hydra in Germany, and then the other Axis power would have been Japan. So, I don't know. Is the hand like... Was it Japan, or was it China they were going to? I think they're in both places. They're everywhere. So that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. And then, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, in, you are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Some have said. <laughs> okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of... Or during the Daredevil series, Madame Gao got bullied and pushed out by the Kingpin, right? I think that's right. Well, how's that going to be? If she's like a... She can really throw well, people she against was, the wall and She stuff. was working for somebody else that we didn't see, you know, yeah, in those fight scenes. Yeah, she is in Iron Fist too. And so, you know, who... Is that the Kingpin? Who is it? I don't know. Does the Kingpin have an organization that's rival with the hand or has he infiltrated has he gotten the hand under him <laughs> i don't know <laughs> there's too many hands <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> he's like abraham place your hand under my thigh <laughs> i don't or, think the kingpin would say that no it's a, it's a horrible name for a secret organization the hand the hand. <laughs> even, even the categories. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, still yet to go, but we can kind of see where these things are headed. Any final thoughts about Iron Fist? Well, it it wasn't a character I was familiar with. You know, I had never really seen yeah. Iron Fist or anything. It had some problems for me, but like we said, <laughs> yeah. there's questions that I want to find some answers to, so I'll okay. probably keep an eye out for right. next time it's the season is out. And we've had a listener 
suggest that we talk about one of the series that you were still watching? <laughs> Which is? <laughs> Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Oh, no. Are you going to have to watch some Once no, Upon a Time? I, think, <laughs> I, I do not believe I will have to watch it. <laughs> I've seen enough that I can, <laughs> I, can uh, I can interview you about it intelligently. All right. As I do all things quite intelligently. What was that I said? <laughs> You're interesting. <laughs> That's the nicest thing you've ever said. <laughs> all right. Well, we should cut this off. <coughs> Everybody stopped listening at some point about 10 minutes ago is what I'm thinking. Except for Jordan. All right, Jordan. <laughs> to the end. To the end of the line, You Jordan. made it. You made it. You can recharge your chi now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Worldview Media Podcast. Dominionizing. <laughs> Do it right. <laughs> That's the bullet point version. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs>